0: It's the most wonderful
1: time
2: of the year. The hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. And we are bringing you Christmas wishes this particular week as we look to celebrate at the end of the week. And for all of you out there who have been listening to us all year or for the new listeners who are just joining us, we want to wish you and your family a very happy and blessed Christmas. Coming from both of us at the Waste No Day
1: podcast, we appreciate the awesome year that you our audience have given me and nate um started this thing as a way to chat with our techs here in the building and office staff and everybody who couldn't be in here due to covid um and it's become a way to reach thousands of people across the united states and and uh, outside of the united states oddly enough we still don't understand why anybody would want to listen to us to be perfectly <laughs> honest <laughs> So uh, we just wanted to say Merry Christmas to you and your family. Absolutely. Now back to your regular scheduled podcast.
3: How much disinfectant do I need to protect the water versus not kill people? And so we use an analogy, and you guys may have heard it, of a banana. It's a great analogy. A banana has a peel on it that's designed to protect the fruit. When we want to eat that banana, we don't just take a bite out of it. We peel the banana and eat the fruit. Well, chlorine or chloramine, depending on where you are, are just one of three things that need to be uh, addressed. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning,
2: and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never ending discipline. It is a refuse to lose pursuit. It is a wake up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to this week's episode of the Waste No Day podcast. Your hosts Nate and Brian are hanging out with you, and man, we're excited to be talking about what is in your water. We know it's Christmas week, and so I'm sure there's plenty of things going on in your mind right now, but one of those things should be, as you're having friends and family over to your house, what are you serving them in the cups? And I'm not talking about those other drinks. I'm talking about water, which is something that. All of us are drinking on a regular basis, hopefully. Brian opens up his bottle of water right now. Gulp, Mm. gulp, gulp. (sighs) Delicious. (laughs) And uh, it is something that is absolutely a main concern. And for us in the plumbing industry, as well as all the home services industry, uh, water conditioning, water treatment, and really what is in your water is of the foremost concern. So we're going to be having a great guest. Curry Gavreau is on with us today, and we're excited to talk to him about what is in your water. But for right now, we're going to turn to Brian for our quote. I do believe that clean water is the most efficient
1: way to change the world. None other than Nate's favorite, Philadelphia Eagle. Yeah. With a
2: Super Bowl ring, Chris Long. Chris Long. Dude, he was, he was a stud and really a good guy. So he's I probably can be, still
1: a good guy, buddy. I know he <laughs> played for the Eagles yeah, anymore, yeah, but yeah. He's probably uh, still a good. Wish he guy. he would
2: come back. He was he was great. Super Bowl team and everything. Uh, but that's a, that's an interesting quote there. And I know there's actually a lot of projects, a lot of ministries, and a lot of um, uh, charities that are specifically devoted to clean water. Uh, it is such an issue in the developing world, as uh, many many towns and villages are unfortunately uh, subject to unclean water sources. And so I know there's a big Uh, a big push for well-drilling charities. And, you know, um, I know there's even around here, there's even a a bottle water company called Humankind that every time you buy one of their bottles of water, I think they donate a bottle of water uh, to a third world country. And so there's really cool ministries that surround that. Uh, and for us here in uh, the good it's old U.S. of A. like a shipping nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> you got to send one bottle of water at a time to like
1: Ethiopia. Uh, I
2: don't think it works quite that way, Ryan. I oh, think okay. it's, it's, yeah, they work out the logistics on it. But uh, for us here in the good U.S. of A, or if you're listening somewhere else, uh, and you have the benefit of having clean water at the regular, the question is, how clean is it? Uh, so, you know, in the developed world, we have the benefit of municipal water or clean wells, and, uh, and how that water is cycling through, and getting to your home isn't necessarily as clean as you might think. And so we wanted to kind of dive into the subject, not only from a 30,000-foot view, but even from a in-the-weeds type of view so that we could really understand what exactly is in your water and is it any good for you. Which makes it a great
1: episode to have Curry on. Curry's a friend of the show, a friend of mine and Nate's and uh, the management team here. We've been uh, fortunate enough to know Curry, well, myself, since... I guess everybody. He came in like maybe 2014 as a corporate trainer for water conditioning. Um, And I believe it was like H2O Harmony at the time. Uh, And then he was part of our transition through a few different types of water conditioning that we've gone through. We're exclusively Brita Pro here uh, currently. Curry is with a different company um, promoting a different brand of water treatment. But this episode is not about brands of water treatment this episode is about water conditioning and how important it is to our clients in the field and you know should should be pretty important to our ourselves as we should all have water treatment in our homes if it's something that's needed Uh, be it municipal water well water there are systems for everything and what we want to do today is talk about the need for water treatment and what it can do for people
2: not just the need, but establishing the need also, which is is critical. I mean, everybody needs water treatment. We agree with that, but not everybody believes they need water treatment, so we actually need to help them understand why that is a need.
1: Right. Well, everybody understands the need for water treatment. They just assume that the city takes care of everything. (laughs)
2: That's exactly right. Yeah, That's right. And that's something that we're looking forward to diving in with our guest Curry today um, because I think he has a good understanding of, you know, the, the, the cycle of water. And it's one of those things that's actually kind of concerning uh, when you think about it, that you have a very good chance of actually drinking somebody else's wastewater from yesterday today uh, Because certainly a certain amount of the water that you are drinking is recycled. A lot of it comes from a fresh source, which is great, but uh, there's still that chance that uh, you're drinking somebody's sink water from yesterday.
1: Sink water. That was a good way to put it. (laughs) Actually. You fill in the blank. Whether it's city water or well water, there's still a decent chance that. uh, That's
2: right. If you're from Lancaster County, uh, it's just not somebody. It's something else's water. Some some
1: cows, previous (laughs) water. But yeah, so if you're on city water, your water comes from uh, averages like a third um, rivers and streams, a third wells, and a third Treated wastewater.
2: Treated wastewater. Let's say that again. Treated wastewater.
1: Yeah. So your water, <laughs> your water has to be treated. Everyone knows that. The question is, once the city ships it through the miles of 20-year-old piping underground to my home, does it then need to be treated again? Hmm.
2: Yes, and that and much more is what we're going to be talking about on the show today. So with that, we're going to put Curry Govro in your passenger seat. Our guest today is Curry Gavreau. He is the executive vice president at the Honest Water Filter Company and co-founder of Visionary Training Solutions. VTS is a coaching and training organization focused on developing the leadership, communication, sales, and business skills of HVAC, plumbing, and electrical service professionals. Curry specializes in organizational coaching, training, helping, and training and helping companies in developing leadership, communication, sales, business skills, all within the trades. As a director of Success Academy for Clockwork Home Services, Curry led a training group that served all of North America and was responsible for the development, design, delivery, and evaluation of training and educational consistency. As an experienced trainer and educator, Curry has taught for more than 32 years and has served as an adjunct faculty member at the variety of universities, including American Military University, Strayer University, University of Phoenix, and Ashford University. He is a Marine Corps veteran, and his career also includes 17 years in law enforcement. That's a crazy pedigree right there. Welcome to the show, Curry.
3: Hey, thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, it's good to have you on, and I know uh, finally, finally we've we've uh, we've crossed paths for a number of years. You used to be part of our franchise network and worked with us in that, and now you've moved on to some other opportunities. So we're excited to have you on the show.
3: Well, it's great to be back. I miss you guys.
2: Curry
1: was the first water treatment trainer that I saw in this building since I've been here. And it's been, oh, really? Yep. You, you came with Eric Brockmeyer. I'm sure you remember. And oh, yeah,
3: 2013, 2014, somewhere
1: in there. Yep. Yeah. I got here in 2012, and it was pretty early on after I got here. Yeah. But yeah, I loved, I loved the training. I loved your passion. And then <clears throat> what was more is we got to go to lunch the second time you were here, um, you and, and our management team.
2: That's the reason that it really made an impact on Brian. It Nothing that eaten. you said, it yeah. was the food. Was
1: that curry was there?
3: <laughs> it's a good <laughs> burger. I remember the good burger.
1: Um, but, yeah, we,
3: I, we were on that little patio. I remember that.
1: Yeah, at, uh, Tobias Frog, and you told us your, your story. And I was like, wow, you, you took a really long way around to get to – to where you're at. And I thought it was just a fascinating story, like everything you've all your career moves, so to speak. So I was excited to, um, you know, talk about that on the show and and maybe get some more detail. And then you're, you're a phenomenal, uh, water treatment trainer, as well as I've always just found like a super motivational dude and a guy I like to be around because your, your energy is high. You're, you're somebody who, um, Carries your own weather, as as uh, what's his name would say.
2: I don't remember who said that I quote, agree. but it's a good one. Yeah, what was it? yeah, that is Andy, make, not Andy Stanley. Make your own weather. Yeah,
1: yeah, in the HVAC company or in the HVAC world, it really, really um, means something. But yeah, you're just somebody who's always motivational, always inspiring. We've been on a couple of cruises together through Bimax, and um, I always had a great time with you. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've been wanting to get you on the show for a long time. So welcome.
3: Well, I appreciate the invite. I really do. I I followed the show. I think you guys do an amazing job. Um, and, and I'm happy to, to share sort of my journey and where I'm at now, uh, with, with the group. Um, you know, these are my people. These are the people that I've chosen to, uh, um, to build a career with over the last eight years. And I just absolutely love uh, what we do and and how we do it and the people we get to
1: do it with. Well, that amazing show part was all I needed from you. So I'm going to take off. Hey, it was great talking to you. (laughs) Nate, good to see you again. I'm out of here.
2: Uh, typical.
3: Good good,
2: good to see you, man. Hey, Curry, uh, uh, Brian did mention there that you do have an interesting past. So let's jump in there. Uh, tell us about kind of your life history and what exactly got you where you are today.
3: Um, great. Okay. Um, so uh, originally from, from Boston and, um, uh, I became a police officer in the eighties. Um, I, I actually am a Marine. And, um, uh, when I got out of, uh, the Marines, I joined the police force. I had my degree and I did that for almost two decades, ending up in Florida.
2: Were you styling a, a mustache um, at the time? I have to ask. Uh,
3: you know, I wasn't, I, I wasn't a facial hair guy. Okay. Um, you know, in uniform.
2: Okay. <laughs> Once I got out of
3: uniform, that, that's when the facial hair came. Um, but you know, uh, something that uh, I've always been very uh, willing to do is to uh, take a chance on different opportunities. It's one thing that you know I've had people talk to me about experiences, and you know, guys who have a lot of different positions on their resume, and and I actually have an altering viewpoint, I believe that every position I've ever had, and I've done everything from uh, roofing and electrical to uh, financial consultants on Wall Street uh, and, and, and national trainer, uh, and I've been a trainer in every industry, um, but you have to not here to see something that either seems interesting or seems like it might be an amazing opportunity and, and go for it. Um, and I've never really uh, had a problem with that. And I really think that all those experiences lend themselves to my success today. You know, there's stuff that I learned when I was a 14-year-old electrical apprentice, these fundamental values that I still carry with me today. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't change a thing. Uh, there isn't a job that I've done that I regret. Um, and and it's, it's actually all led to, for me to be right where I am today. And, and, and that's really kind of comforting. Yeah.
2: I'm, I imagine that it is. And where exactly are you today, Curry?
3: I'm the executive vice president of a, uh, company called the honest water filter company. Um, was started several years ago, uh, by, uh, a guy who you mentioned earlier, Eric Brockmeyer and, um, Eric, is so passionate about water treatment. He's been a plumber. He's a plumber for 32 years. Uh, also, another military guy, by the way. Um, believe it or not, you guys know Eric. Uh, he was a tanker, if you can believe that.
0: Mm.
3: Oh, really? But uh, yeah, he was. He was in the army. He was. He was in a tank. Um. Oh. Yeah, but anyway. So he he's so passionate about uh, water treatment that he actually has a tattoo on his forearm that represents water broken. Uh, and and uh, so his passion has driven him for years and years. You guys have seen him train. Uh, he's an exceptional trainer. But he wanted to do it better. And, uh, you know, he's been involved in several different uh, projects and um, uh, companies over the years. And he was introduced to a product about three and a half years ago that he was amazed by. Uh, and it was a cartridge system, but it was a cartridge system that can be used with very, very big capacity. And what a lot of plumbers don't realize is that with cartridges, you can actually control the quality of the water. It's not just, you know, making claims. You can actually test the cartridge and it will give you that quality of water every single time uh, until until water stops coming out of it. That's how cartridges work. And that's why cartridges are so heavy in the commercial and food industry because, you know, McDonald's isn't going to put their equipment at risk. And so he has spent the last several years bringing this to the residential market. And that's basically where we are. We've been um, in the market for about two years now. Uh, We have over 3000 installations across the country. And uh, now we're just spreading the word about, Hey, let's start talking about performance and stop talking about, other things that aren't quite as important.
2: And that's a great segue into what our topic is for today, which is water conditioning. So uh, we wanted to bring you on as kind of an expert in the field and somebody who can walk us through not only the uh, the ins and outs of what it means to have water conditioning, but also even the technical and customer side of it as well. So we want to jump into that. And I'll be curious, as um, we've heard a little bit of your background, how you can tie in some of those Things that you've learned in the past, uh, you know, even as uh, serving in the armed forces or serving uh, in law enforcement, and how they've impacted you today. So let's jump into it now, and let's start with the basic concept: what is water conditioning? What all What all counts in that field, and why does it really matter?
3: It's a great question, and something I just want to jump back real quick. Um, you mentioned, you know, the journey and the experience and, it, and, and everything. <clears throat> Communication and how to communicate effectively will always lead to more success. And so when I train, and I've been training, I did my very first training in 1989. And uh, since then, I've uh, sort of meandered around different industries, and I've even uh, gotten a graduate degree. I teach at a couple universities, and effective communication is critical. And you can imagine as a police officer, how important it is to be able to uh, be very clear and concise in your communications, but still get the point across. Well, I use those techniques when I train and when I talk about certain subjects that I may or may not be considered to be a subject matter expert. (laughs) So when it comes to, you know, and and so when it comes to water treatment, you know, it's funny, I I don't consider myself to be an expert in water treatment or as uh, I'm certainly not a plumber. Um, but I'm able to take concepts and information and translate them into easy to understand little nuggets of information for guys to grab onto and use to be more successful in the customer's home. Right. And so <clears throat> when I talk to guys about water treatment, I keep it very simple and I, you guys have seen me train and you know that training is really what I'm passionate about. And so the, the important concept here is to understand that water going into a home carries stuff. Air and water, they carry stuff. You guys sell a lot of indoor air quality, am I right?
2: Yes, absolutely.
3: And why do you sell indoor air quality?
2: For the reasons you just mentioned, because air, uh, indoor air the EPA is declared to be at least two to five times, if not up to a hundred times, uh, more unhealthy than outdoor air. And unfortunately in today's world, we tend to spend more and more time in our homes and less and less time out in the fresh air and houses are built tighter and tighter, which means that there's less natural exchange of air from in to out and out to in. And so we've basically created a, uh, a, a self trap of our own making with, Dust and dander and skin cells and viruses and whatever living in our homes. All right, Nate's got to right. get out into his service truck now. <laughs> Thank
3: you. Yeah, there you go. He, he has to go do go sit down to the kitchen table somewhere and talk to somebody. You
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> start talking to a bunch no, of techs I, I, right I, now, buddy. We got to get you in front of customers.
3: Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, and that's absolutely right. And, and so a couple of a couple of important points. We are the experts compared to the homeowner, so it's our obligation to the homeowner to inform them of how they can improve what's going on in their home. They can improve their systems. They can improve the quality of air or water. They can improve their life and their lifestyle. They can make the, their equipment last longer. You know, all of these things. Well, when you talk about air and water, there was a very, very simple concept to talk to people about. Everybody understands the need for filtration. Everybody knows about oil filters in their cars. Everybody knows about uh, lint filters in their dryer. Everybody knows that, you know, the, the quality of water is, has diminished and people drink a ton of bottled water. Um, you know, people understand they have to change their air filter. We know that the world contains stuff that uh, may not be as healthy as we would want and that we're ingesting it, we're breathing it in, we're, we're drinking it, we're absorbing it when we take our shower, we're washing our clothes, uh, cooking, we're giving it to our dogs, giving our babies baths. And what a lot of people don't understand or don't realize, they don't think about it, it's uh, blissfully naive, is that just because the water's coming from a government entity doesn't mean it's safe.
2: Insert political and so, comment here.
3: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, and so what happens is the water picks up stuff. So it leaves the water treatment facility. And let you talk about municipal because it's easy. It leaves the municipal facility meeting certain guidelines. And then it enters into a distribution system where all bets are off.
2: Right. And when you say distribution system, you're talking about pipes.
3: Correct. Yep, all the pipes. So think about this. In the city of Chicago, millions and millions of people, and hundreds of thousands, if not millions, get up every morning, turn on the water, take a shower, and they all take showers. That is unbelievable. Think about the logistics of that. Right. And think about how challenging it is to keep that water at a high level when it comes to quality and purification and you know, conditioning. When it's traveling that distance through that many, you know, miles of pipe, when, when the municipality sends that water out, they prepare it for the journey by adding disinfectant. That disinfectant is not designed for us to consume, but they know we're lazy and they know that most people aren't going to do anything about it. So they have to weigh how much disinfectant do I need to protect the water versus not kill people. Hmm. And so point. we use an analogy, and you guys may have heard it, of a banana. It's a great analogy. A banana has a peel on it that's designed to protect the fruit. When we want to eat that banana, we don't just take a bite out of it. We peel the banana and eat the fruit. Well, chlorine or chloramine, depending on where you are, are just one of three things that needs to be ad- uh, addressed in the water that you're consuming, that you're bathing in, that you're cooking with. And uh, and every household needs it. Every plumber deep down knows that whenever they go into a house, they're fixing something that water broke. So part of the, the, the uh, prevention is to start talking and understanding water quality and how to address it based on what the homeowner needs.
2: I love that analogy Curry and I'm just kind of thinking like you don't you don't ever take a peeled banana and put it back into a rotten peel and yet in, in so many cities and even rural places like the pipes are decades if not sometimes centuries old and there's so much problems with uh, the pipes themselves I mean not to mention like when a pipe breaks and what all gets into the line even from that happening uh, but yeah you don't you don't put a peeled banana back into a rotten peel
3: no, no. And, and it's a very simple, you know, concept. Uh, we have, a, we have a, one of our um, sales guys in Orlando, and his favorite technique in the home is to pour a glass of water out of the customer's kitchen faucet and ask them to drink it. And he said most of the time they refuse to drink it. He really? said, and they're like, well, we drink, we drink bottled water or, or what have you. And he's like, great. Uh, well, me too. It's very convenient. Do you also shower in bottled water?
0: You know, do you use
3: bottled water when you cook? How about when you wash your clothes? What about when you're putting water in the dog's bowl? And so the challenge that we have is, you know, there are three things that you need to address in water. You need to address physical, so you need a filter. You need to address chemicals, which includes the chlorine or disinfectant, but also what seeps into the water, the Pesticides and herbicides. There's pharmaceuticals in the water, so you need to address that, and then you need to address the minerals in the water. But what most people don't realize is that the minerals in the water don't harm; they're actually beneficial to human beings. So when you take the minerals out, you're actually taking those out of the water that that humans actually, you know, uh, uh, the body wants. The minerals attack metal and systems and appliances and fixtures. So when people get a softener, they think they're safe. No, what you're doing is you're protecting all the equipment in your in your house. But what about all the minerals? What about, uh, I'm sorry, what about all the chemicals? What about all the physicals that are in there? You need to also uh, address those two things. And so it's really, it's fun and it's challenging to educate not only the technicians, but also the customers about what's in the water and what you can do to make the water healthier and better for you and your house.
2: All right. So review those three categories for us. You had uh, the physical, chemical, and mineral.
3: Correct. Those are the three things that are primarily addressed um, in water. Now I'm talking municipal water primarily, just I know you guys are in Lancaster and there's a lot of wells and whatnot, but it's easy to talk about water when you talk about municipal. So, when the municipality releases water into the distribution system, it meets EPA guidelines. Right. They then add what they consider to be a safe level of disinfectant. Well, during the journey, those pipes have defects in them. There's just there's no way that a pipe is not. You mentioned the different pipes and how old. There are still clay pipes. Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. In the
3: United States.
2: Dare we say lead lead pipes too.
3: And there's absolutely lead pipes. So it's critical that people understand, okay, the water's coming in. What do I need to look for? What do I need to address? Well, the first thing is physical contaminants. Um, You know what's considered a physical contaminant, believe it or not, is bacteria. So bacteria, which range in size from 0.2 of a micron up to 1 micron normally, Uh, they're considered a physical bacteria. So you need a a physical uh, contaminant. So you need a filter that's going to come down to that size. I would prefer to physically prevent a bacteria from entering my home than counting on the poison they put in the water to kill the bacteria so that all I'm drinking is the body of it.
2: Sure. I'd rather have a uh, steel door than a screen door. Absolutely.
3: Correct. Correct. So, For physical contaminants, you have to have a filter that's measured in microns. For chemicals, you have to have carbon. This is where we really start to differentiate ourselves from what's out in the the industry today uh, with the Honest Water Filters because our carbon is a pressed block carbon. And, uh, guys, I know that you've installed uh, carbon filters. What would an average? How many cubic feet of carbon do you normally put in one of your filters? One and a half. One and a half cubes. Yep. Would you agree that more carbon is better? Yep. So when you look at one of our carbon, uh, one of our carbon filters, we have two point two five cubes of carbon in each cartridge. And when we put a system on a home, we put two cartridges, so we end up with four and a half cubes of carbon. Sheesh.
1: How big are these uh, cartridges?
2: Yeah. Do you have any basement left at the end?
3: <laughs> yeah. It's a great question. So each cartridge is about 24 inches high. Wow.
1: So the, when you look uh, at a whole... One and whole a, half, thing, a one and a half cubic foot carbon backwashing system is probably five feet tall.
3: Right. Yeah. So, so depending on the size, how many cubic... You know, you've seen... I've seen four foot, five foot, six foot carbon towers. And and the challenge with that is that particular component, that piece of equipment, is just a carbon filter. And it's loose granulated carbon, which is even more challenging because, as you guys know, after a while, even with backwashing or what have you, the water will find its way through. And some water is going to come out less treated than others. You have no control over that with a traditional loose granulated carbon filter. Whereas with a cartridge filter, any cartridge filter, the water has to go through that media or it will not come out. The water has to be treated, and it has to be treated at a certain level. So what we decided to to do from the very beginning was get all of our cartridges certified. So our products are certified by NSF for their performance. We didn't want to just make claims like the, the water treatment industry normally does. What is that? Uh, you know, they tell you this is what this product does. Go ahead.
1: What does that mean to be certified by NSF?
3: It means that they took our cartridge. Uh, we told them uh, what we think it does. And they said, okay, we're going to test that. And then we're going to tell you specifically what numbers you can use in your marketing. So we went to NSF to get certified for our gallons per minute our um, uh, hard water solution, which is called polyphosphate, and our um, uh, micron level uh, filtration, what level we're filtering at, and what our capacities are for all the cartridges. So <clears throat> when we tell you, for instance, our whole home system, uh, what we consider what we call our gold system is a three cartridge system. So all three cartridges you're talking about, uh, a system that's about 24 inches high roughly and probably about 23 inches wide. It, 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 um, it screws right to the wall in the basement of a garage or crawl space or what have you. And, uh, the first cartridge is a pre-filter. And then the next two cartridges, which are installed in parallel, are what we call the money filters. And our gold system gives you 15 gallons per minute. At a 0.2 micron rating filtration and will, is, a, has a certified chlorine removal of up to 530,000 gallons. So, what, what that allows us to do, guys, is we have total control over the quality of the water. And that's just because of the mechanical makeup. You cannot get that level of uh, quality out of a standard traditional system. It's just not mechanically able to do that
0: with a car. Right. Yeah. All right.
3: So so I want, I just want want, real quick. I just want to finish the, we're talking about those three things, right? So the the first thing was physical contaminants. You have to have a micron uh, rated uh, filter. The second thing is chemicals. And I was talking about four and a half cubes of carbon. And then the third thing is your mineral. Well, the first two protect people and equipment. The minerals, that protects equipment. And the way we address that is the same way that the food service industry has been doing it for 70 years, and we use polyphosphate, which is considered to be an FDA-approved sequesterer of minerals, meaning it doesn't allow minerals to oxidize and attack the metal in the system.
2: So could you dive into that a little bit more uh, for those of us who are less technical?
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So there are only two proven ways to address hard water. Let let me back up. Minerals are a naturally occurring uh, uh, thing that's in water. The challenge for for homeowners and for people using water is that minerals tend to uh, attack metal. So that actually degrades equipment and fixtures and appliances. So anyone who's had any kind of uh, scaling on, on their uh, faucets or on their shower heads. Or when you, and hey, you guys know this, when you take a water heater out, it's a lot heavier than when you put it in, right? Right, yeah. Well, well, the one of the reasons for that is at the bottom of that water heater is all the stuff that when the water heated up fell out of the water, right? And so that's the stuff that we're talking about. So it's naturally occurring. It's per- totally harmless to 99.95% of the population. So minerals do not need to be addressed for the people in the house. But it does need to be addressed if they want to prolong the life of anything that water touches. Washing machines, refrigerators, faucets, toilets, water heaters, you know, you name it. Those minerals are building up and they're causing problems with that equipment. So people often put softeners, ionic exchange. And we all know that is an amazing way to address hard water. It's a proven scientific uh, process that addresses hard water. It changes the, uh, the chemistry of the water. Well, when you're in food service, it's not as efficient to use softener. They had to come up with a better way. And so for about 70 years, they've been using cartridge filtration. And inside the cartridge, they put a, a compound called polyphosphate and the way polyphosphate works is it starts to dissolve as water goes over it and it comes it goes into the system and it, it re- really puts a microscopic coat or, or or film in the system and then it uh, uh sequesters or as the minerals are in the water the polyphosphate attacks themselves and surrounds the minerals and it doesn't allow the minerals to stay and oxidize and, and attack the metal it just flushes it right out
1: so, so we've been polyphosphate's been you know knocking on doors lately and kind of making a name for itself in the industry and a lot of uh a lot of plumbers you know myself included and and a lot of our plumbers here are always a little hesitant to offer anything that uh, in exchange for a water softener to quote unquote uh, make the water seem softer after all the sure. you know scale guards and scale bands and all that, right? Those uh, all the other
3: are the other witchcraft.
1: <laughs> oof, yeah, boy, did they leave a bad taste yeah. in some mouths. <laughs> um, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So, so let's. If you put a polyphosphate filter in, and it and it does sequester the harding, hardening minerals, or or um, I guess coat coat them so they can't stick stick to things. Is that pretty much the concept? Uh,
3: basically, yeah. Um, but here's here's something that I want to throw out there, Brian. You have customers who love their softeners and you probably have customers who don't love their softeners. With our cartridges, you can use them with either. We can get our cartridges without polyphosphate for those people who love their softener. And then what you're doing is you're providing them with the best level of filtration and the best carbon for chemical retraction. And you put them in front of a softener that does the ionic exchange, and now you have the best of all three worlds.
1: Sure. You're removing the dirt, rust, and debris. You're removing the uh, chlorine, chloramines, and all the uh, byproducts of disinfecting, um, but also softening the water.
3: Correct. So the way that we uh, approach when when we're talking, you know, because we're in three different channels, you know, broad channels, plumbers, water treatment uh, professionals, and builders. And people really love our products for that flexibility. They can, they can actually have a conversation with the homeowner. And if the homeowner goes, oh, but my wife loves our softener. I know you guys have probably heard that over the years. Sure. My wife loves it. Matter of fact, um, our best site is our campus site. And their operations manager, they put in our whole home system. And the wife said, I miss her softener. So he simply switched out the polyphosphate cartridges with non-polyphosphate cartridges and rehooked up his softener.
1: Okay. So in terms of the polyphosphate, if somebody has twenty-five grain, you know, per gallon hard water, are, are you recommending a softener go in with that system?
3: Well, we were tested up to forty grains. hard. Oh wow! But there are people out there who to your point, they're like, ah, you know, that, that's, that's, it's sort of like when, you know, uh, smartphones came out and people like, ah, yeah, that's a neat thing, but it won't, it won't last, you know, it, it, <laughs> you know, um, uh, that, that's where we are right now where people are looking at it and they're thinking, well, if NSF says it, it does what it does, then I'm, I'm good. And then others who go, ah, you know what? I know a softener works. The, the challenge that we have, Brian, is that when you test the water for hard hardness after our system's installed, the minerals are still in the water, so it still tests hard. Okay. So so the challenge you have is you have to be able to, for me, I'm fine with it because I know that McDonald's uses this exact same technology. And if it's good enough for McDonald's, it's good enough for me because their equipment's more expensive than my equipment.
2: All right, Curry. So thanks for breaking down a a lot of that in-depth uh, technical stuff. And, and this is kind of where I want to pivot on that because, you know, it's it's easy for us in the trades to start diving into microns and, and chemical terminology and polyphosphate and all these things, you know, the, the five syllable words. And man, I'm just looking at a homeowner's eyes and they're checking out, they're looking for the nearest exit. They're, you know, nudging nudging the, their son to give them a, a call on their phone so they can get out of this conversation. How do we take right. all of that good, good knowledge that actually matters, the science of it, and put it in a way that makes a difference for a homeowner?
3: It's a great question. And it all, it all starts in a perfect call. The, your call taker will take a plumbing call and in the conversation would say to the homeowner, that doesn't surprise me. The water in the area can be very hard on appliances or hard on, you know, let's say they're calling in for a toilet or something. doesn't surprise me. We get m- many calls a week because of the water quality. And that's it. Then at the door, your technician might say, I understand that you're having a, a, a problem with your water heater. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's not producing hot water anymore. We've had it for six years. Well, it doesn't surprise me. The water in this area is really hard on On water heaters. My truck's parked on the street in front of your house. Is that okay? And you just go into your whole routine. Mm. And I know you guys follow that routine to a T, correct? Absolutely. So during the diagnosis, the plumbers or air conditioning guys, but believe it or not, uh, we uh, we have air conditioning guys that are selling the heck out of this product um, because it's filtration and they can talk filtration, right? So when when they start talking, I like to teach a concept called past, present, future, you may even remember this, where past is what caused the problem. You have to tell the homeowner what caused the problem. It's part of their educational journey. Present, how can you fix that problem today? And future, how can you prevent that problem from happening, you know, as quickly as it did this time? Maybe we can prolong the life of these things. So if if the technician is always thinking, I'm the expert, I have more knowledge about this field than this guy ever will, but I have to talk to him in a way that he understands and appreciates. And so when you start talking to people and you bring out the part or you start talking about what you discovered in your diagnosis, uh, you have to tell them, this is what's going on today. You know what causes this? You know, and many times if it's plumbing, it's the water quality. Our water contains chemicals and contains minerals that are really bad for our equipment. Have you ever thought about implementing water treatment in your home to protect the people and equipment in the home? Because if you do that, you can make this equipment last much longer and have much higher quality water. And most people do. If you go into a home, And you see a water bottle, you see water bottles. Um, if you go into a home that has an RO system, you know, that they're thinking about water quality, right?
1: Or at least they did that so they don't have to think about
3: it. Yeah, it it, it was a concern at some point, right? Well, the way that we look at it is a lot of people either didn't want or couldn't because of either price, uh, location, timing, whatever put in a whole home system so they installed a point of use system instead well my my personal approach is it's not that much more to protect everything in the home and get the highest quality water from every tap in the home and now we're making it so that it's not only affordable but it's easy to install it takes about an hour to install our system Uh, The homeowner barely knows it's there because it's on the wall. It doesn't take up, you know, hardly any room compared to previous systems. And so that conversation with the homeowner, as it gets going, there's more and more positive points for them. It's all about starting the conversation. And Nate, I think you asked the question, you know, how do we get this? You have to start somewhere, and it starts with your diagnosis. Because at the end of the day, if you're doing a plumbing job, water broke it. Address the water and the people's equipment are going to last longer.
2: I love that. It's, it's a good synopsis of uh, you know, the, the general concept of what plumbing is about, right? If I'm out here, water broke it. I mean, that that solves you know 97% of the reasons we get called out uh, in the field. So, Curry, if, uh, I like that concept also of... Uh, past, present, and future, can you like put that in a 30 second, uh, a presentation, like a 30 second, uh, paragraph where you would kind of use those, um, those timelines to describe to a homeowner, either the benefits of having, or the detriments of not having water conditioning? Um, yeah. So,
3: um, sort of like a sitting at the kitchen table kind
2: of thing. Yeah, Absolutely.
3: You know, the, the, the one that I used to use many years ago, only because it's easy, and I know that it's probably not as, as, as common or whatnot, but um, I, I have lived in Florida for over 30-something years, and for years and years, on a regular basis, I would have to change the flapper in my toilet. Now, guys, what causes the flapper in your toilet to become defective? Chlorine. <laughs> Chlorine, right? And so... It starts, and, you, and Brian, you've seen this, right? Where the, where the flapper starts to distort, right? And then it's not making a good seal. And so this is the easiest uh, component for me. Remember, I'm not a plumber, right? I take that right out of the toilet. And I take a new one from the truck. And I go to the home and I go, this is, I found out why your toilet's running. See this flapper? This is what, this is your flapper. You see how it's distorted here. It's not making a good seal. Uh, on the tank, and therefore the water is running continuously. This is a new flapper. You see how it's not distorted. I can replace this today. Do you want to know what causes this flapper to do that?
1: Sure.
3: And that—that's that's the intro, right? Yeah. And Let's they hear it. say, Let's yeah, hear it, yeah, buddy. Yeah. What causes it? The chemicals that we put in our water to protect it during its journey from the treatment facility to your house are actually not very good for your equipment or for people. Have you ever thought about addressing the water quality, which would then in turn prevent me from having to come back and do this every two years? Yeah.
1: And then we go into, at least here we would go into how it's not good for the rest of the plumbing system, how it's not good for us as human beings, how what it does when we heat it back up and breathe it in, in the shower and, you know, brush our teeth with it and how, how, you know, Mrs. Right. Uh, Mrs. Curry might go spend $300 to get her hair done and then showers and essentially bleach water. And guess what that does to that expensive hair treatment?
3: Yeah. No, and, and, you know, if we could go into all kinds of things that, that the plumbers could use, um, because human beings, you know, let's jump back to a training mode for a second. Human beings, the way that adult mind works, adult learning, is analogy, and 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 people love analogies. So the banana peel is an amazing analogy. If the plumbers understood and appreciated that the municipality puts that chemical in the water to protect it during its journey, but it's designed to be removed before you use it. If the plumber just appreciated that alone, on every municipal. Uh, water call you know any any house that bought municipal water they can bring that up you know they can bring up the banana peel they can actually tell the, the homeowner um you know when, if they want to talk about hard water they can tell them about how every single water heater they replace is four times as heavy coming out as it is going in because of the stuff that comes out of the water during the heating process and brian you're a plumber man you, you could find something Uh, you know, in your house or in your life and use it in the customer's home to let them know what you do or what you found or what your experience has taught you. Because that's information that they're going to use to help make a decision on whether or not they want to protect their home and their family from what's in the water, you know? And we're talking about, like, if you drink the water, you're going to die. That's not what we're saying, right? We're We're not saying that. What we're saying is if we could have a healthier choice, isn't that something we should at least talk about?
1: Right. And it's, it's really easy with chlorine, really easy to draw analogies because who do you know that's never, that hasn't spent any time in a chlorinated pool?
3: Right. Right. Yeah, it's true. And, and, and if, if, you know, you, you talk to people and I used to make fun of, of, uh, of, of the chlorine a little bit and say, you know, I don't come home from a hard day of work and say, honey, pour me a shot of chlorine. I need to, unwind you know (laughs) you don't drink chlorine because it's dangerous yet we're using it in smaller amounts to kill bugs you know bacteria if you could not have that in your water wouldn't that be better and a lot of people i drink bottled water yeah but you know what 65 percent of what your body absorbs happens in the shower you're absorbing that chemical even if you're not drinking it. It's still ingested in your body because it came in through your skin. You're using it in your clothes. You're using it in your cooking. You're washing your dishes with it. Let's let's take a step back and look at exactly what we actually need, which is the entire home being on a system that protects it from the bacteria that's known to be in municipal water, and oh, by the way, little fact, uh, cryptosporidium, which is the most common uh, bacteria in municipal water, has now been shown over the last five or 10 years to be resistant to chlorine. Oh, great. So it's evolved. <laughs> we're, we're putting chlorine in the water, and the bacteria's going, ha, ha, They're laughing at us, you know? So, so why not get a filter that points to and certified to remove bacteria right? Why not get a filter that has four and a half cubes of carbon to address the chemicals that's in that water? Why not get a filter that if you don't like softeners will address the hard water in a way that McDonald's and Starbucks and, uh, you know, Chipotle use in every single one of their stores? Um, you know, it just, for me, the plumber has to take a step back and go, okay, what's my obligation? As a, as a professional, what's my obligation? And it's about bringing up ways to help improve that homeowner's life. It might be by helping them improve the home. It might be by helping protect the people and the animals in the home. But whatever it is. But it's a plumber's obligation. That's like if a doctor doesn't bring up things to their patient because it might upset them. Well, plumbers do that
2: every day. Yeah, we right? use that analogy um, in in our trainings here. You know uh, about like who who's at fault if the doctor stops giving medical advice because he's like, oh, I don't know that they want to hear it, or oh, I've probably told them three years in a row, and I'm sure they know. Who's at fault? I mean that that's right. mal- that's medical malpractice if you don't do that if you don't bring it up. Uh, and in many ways, Absolutely. you know, our our friend Gene Slade he often says, "Are you doing something?" For me or to me, uh by not talking about this, right?
3: Right. It, I mean it's right. so it yeah. is
2: evident, Curry. Like if you dig into the science of it, if you look at all the stuff that is just considered acceptable, I mean goodness knows, like start looking into what the FDA considers acceptable amount of feces and and insect parts in like your average grain flour and whatever. Right. And like, like it's kind of scary, but you don't really see that stuff on a day to day basis because you just kind of go about doing your thing. And, you know, the good Lord has provided us with immune systems that can handle a lot of that stuff. But when you start digging into what is an acceptable level of essentially toxin in your water and then you just go about drinking that on a daily basis or showering it or cooking your soups and coffees and everything, it starts to make you wonder like, what's, you know, what am I really ingesting here? What am I really living with? And and is there not a better and healthier option? That's when things get real.
3: I agree a hundred percent. I agree. And you know, it, a lot of times and you guys understand this and this isn't a spiritual thing or, or anything like that, but, you know, every technician has their own sort of style and their own sort of uh, mindset when it comes to what they do and how they do it. Now, the culture of the organization has a lot to do with guys who have been there for a while and how they do stuff. Um, But you know as well as I do, if you have 20 guys, you know, you're going to have a group of guys, you know, four or five guys that do things a certain way at one level. And, you know, and you break it down, you know, you get that 80-20 rule and you want to expand that so that the rest of the guys kind of, you know, pick up the pace a little bit. But at the end of the day, we have to talk about obligation. Because if you're a professional, you have an obligation to inform that homeowner of things that they're not aware of. And you guys remember my story about, you know, how I had hurt my back, you know, and and I went to the doctor. And while they were looking at my back where I bulged a disc, they discovered that I had kidney cancer. Well, they told me right away. <laughs> and they knew that it was they knew that it was going to upset me, but they told me right away because that's their obligation. If you're in a customer's home and you find a way or you find something that's either broken or not working properly or that you can enhance, is it not your obligation as a technician to at least offer that information to the homeowner?
2: Yeah, I mean, so you said that you had some experience consulting on Wall Street. And I think if if you look at that as an example, and I'm not familiar with what you did, but if you look at that as an example and you say, hey, Brian, you know, I'm your professional uh, financial advisor here. Um, I have some good information about some stocks or some uh, options that you should look at buying. Uh, I'm not going to bring them up to you because I'm a little worried about what you might think of them or, you know, uh, that you might not be interested you kind of put it in, that terms, in those terms and it's like, shoot, that sounds like really stupid. Why why would I not? I mean, you're my consultant. You're the one who's supposed to be bringing this type of advice to me and I'm the decision maker. And the minute that you stop or start putting advice or ideas or or products in front of somebody is the minute that you have taken over the seat as the decision maker and you are no longer a consultant. You have now taken the place of the homeowner.
3: Right. You know, going back to my law enforcement days, and I I mentioned earlier in the call that uh, I learned very quickly that communication was important. (laughs) Um, and, And one of the things that I found over the years was I was able to communicate with people in a very clear and concise manner. You know, I would tell them flat out, hey, buddy, You're way too big for me to have to fight hand to hand. That's why I have all these toys on my belt. (laughs) So why don't we not fight and just talk, right? You know, and and the plumbers and the HVAC guys, they need to sort of adopt that approach, Mister Homeowner. I'm going to talk to you about some things that I, uh, you know, discovered in the house. Some things uh, probably should be addressed right now. Some things you can address later. Some things are just an enhancement, But, you know, as a professional, I feel it's my obligation to let you know what, what I see in the house and how we can improve it. Is that okay?
2: Yeah.
3: And they say it's okay. And then you start talking. And, you know, when, when we used to teach the three option clothes, you guys still do three option clothes? Sure. When, when I would teach three option clothes, I would tell people flat out, it's okay to tell them this is something that I recommend, but this isn't something that you have to do right now. I just want you to be aware of it because that's my job. My job is to tell you about it. It's your job to make decisions. It's my job to help you make informed decisions. And when it comes to water treatment, it's overlooked a lot. You know, um, we have we have plumbers who are uh, doing amazing things in water treatment because they made the decision Always inform the homeowner of why they were there that day, and why were they there that day, Nate?
2: Well, it sounds like uh, water broken. (laughs) Water broken. Yeah, (laughs) and uh, it's not surprising because uh, the water around here is usually pretty hard on those things.
3: That's exactly right. You know, and you know, you just make a few comments just to get them thinking. Okay, you know, huh? I wonder what that means, or, or what have you. And then when you come back with your diagnosis water treatment addressing the water in some way is important now obviously when you do get to that point you want to make sure that you're using equipment that will do what you say it's going to do that's critical to the reputation and the brand that you guys have in lancaster or anywhere in the world if you're working for an organization believe it or not it has a reputation and it has a brand and any service or product that you're going to bring into that organization has to uphold or enhance that brand or reputation. But when you start talking to a homeowner about stuff and you start making it a part of your routine, all of a sudden, that's just how you run a call. It's part of how you run a call, every single call. And, and that's how we train it. And it, when it becomes a habit, guys start enhancing what they do for their, their customers. All of a sudden, more customers are getting protected. They're, they're getting uh, whole home systems. They're appreciating the better quality water. But the organization, obviously, is enhancing their stance in the community, their footprint, their bottom line. Uh, the technician is enhancing their average ticket. And they're walking away knowing that they're protecting that home and the people in it and, you know, the puppy in the, uh, on the doorstep. And so it, it's critical that they get the right mindset. And they start approaching it saying this is what my obligation is as a professional. Film.
1: Or a professional, anything electrician, or a professional anything. I mean, sure, HVAC sure. tech, if you're in the home and, and that is the, the quote again, if you're in the home and you know what chlorine does to the home and does to the human being and does to the, to the puppies and the kittens or whatever. And you know, the plumbing system as a whole, and you don't bring up the fact you know, especially if you're working for a, a uh, if you're an electrician or an HVAC tech working for a company that also has plumbers in it, and you hear about chlorine in the water day in, day out, and acidic, low pH water, and high, high, hard, hardness water, and you don't bring it up, you are doing something to that customer. If you know about it, yeah. you're not bringing it up, regardless of whether you you would install that system yourself or not. But anybody who's hearing this now knows enough about the negative effects of chlorine in the water that you should be telling people about it.
3: You know, you just brought up an interesting point. Um, When, if you look in, 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 politics or law enforcement or, or any kind of criminal trial or anything like that, not bringing up information that you have is just as serious as, you know, uh, bringing up wrong information.
2: Right, a lie of omission.
3: Yeah, it, like so. So, an omission is considered in, in, in a court a lie, right? Well, if you don't tell someone about something, don't you think that at some point it could and my one of my mantras in my training, and I write it on the whiteboard every training, the words, "Is it possible?" And I would point to it and I would say, is it possible that at some point a homeowner sues you because you didn't tell them about something? Because I know for a fact that there have been uh, liability claims because certain things weren't done correctly or weren't brought up or weren't marked on a piece of paper. You know, and you guys have heard me in my training, you know, if you didn't write it down, it didn't happen. Hmm. And so if you want to do a complete job, fulfill your obligation and protect you, your family and your organization, you're going to bring up what you know as a professional in that home.
2: I mean, that's that's your job. Yeah. That's really taking the role of the consultant or the professional advisor to the fullest level. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I would agree with you. I I can't speak to any precedent on that, but certainly in the medical field, if a doctor would not reveal a diagnosis or, or a a prevention that could be addressed, um, that would be grounds for medical malpractice. And there's plenty of suits to back that up.
1: And the, if you, if you didn't write it down, it didn't happen thing is so true where, you know, you see it all the time where you have techs who are great at talking about everything and then for forget to put most of it in the notes. And then, you know, you're yeah. speaking to, uh, you, you know, a, a housewife who's now you're expecting her to parrot back everything to her husband when he gets home and you didn't write anything down. So you're just hoping her memory is is as good as yours is or... She, you yeah. know, I'm sure she had right. a hundred other things going on between the time you left and the time he got home.
2: Not and, to mention you're trying to compress your 20 years of experience and knowledge and learning and research and all that into her two minute version of it that you just gave to her.
1: Right. That, and that's where you know, the process comes in handy because if, if you know, here, here are the, you know, say dozen things or whatever that I talk about on every single call I go to. Now, at least me in a truck in the way we train here, it doesn't matter if I'm going to a maintenance call where I'm flushing a water heater and inspecting the plumbing system or a kitchen sink backed up or to repair a dripping hose bib. I do the same exact process at every call. At every call, I'm going to flush the water heater. if It hasn't been done in the last year. At every call, I'm testing water. At every call, I'm checking everything to do with that plumbing system. Um, and if you have that process mapped out, then you know if you're if you're missing something as you're writing up your invoice, you'll you'll know it because you're on step six or step four or what have you. That's the importance right. of a process, especially when you're trying to write down everything you talk about.
3: So there's no doubt, you know, there's no doubt. I mean, I have been in in shops where we do you know invoice coaching or or what have you, and uh, the manager would ask the technician, "Did you offer IAQ?" Yeah, they said they weren't interested. No, you didn't. And they're pointing to the invoice because there's nothing on there, right? There's, there's no option for IAQ or what have you. Oh, no, no, but we talked about it. No, you didn't. Because it's not on the paper, right? And, and, and you know, to, to your point, you know, when you have information, uh, you can watch any congressional hearing. <laughs> Those are all about what do you know and what don't you know. And if you know something and don't tell people you can get in trouble you know it's really about a mindset guys you know at, at the end of the day it's about a mindset um you know i like to end my my trainings uh by telling people that you don't have to be perfect but you have to be better than yesterday and if the, the guys have in their mind okay what am i doing today that i can improve on from yesterday and to your point brian i think it was brian talking about having a habit and a routine um You know, when you guys, guys, when you go into the home, do you put your car keys in the same exact spot every day?
1: Yeah. Yep.
3: Yeah. And and the reason for that is because at one point in your life, you lost your car keys (laughs) and you didn't, and you didn't want to do that again. 21 So you you put them in
0: the
3: same. Yeah. Right. Or many times, right? Well, uh, you know, when, when I, uh, was in the Marines or in law enforcement or even, you know, when I'm training, I have a routine I follow and I to make sure that this works and that that works and that, you know, this is, and that way I'm covering all my bases. I'm checking all my boxes. Well, a technician, whether it's electrical or HVAC or plumbing or whatever, they should have a routine as well and always be looking at that routine and going, okay, how can I change this, enhance what I'm doing so that I'm offering uh, better options to the homeowner. I'm enhancing that homeowner's, uh, uh, biggest investment that they have ever made. Uh, I'm helping them. I'm also helping myself like getting a bigger ticket. I'm helping my organization. What can I do different that will enhance that? And one of the things that we tell people, uh, obviously, because we're the Honest Water Filter Company, is you need to bring up water quality. Because water quality is something that everybody has to str- everybody struggles with. and And it's a wide open market. You know, guys, I don't know if you know this, but It's a multi-billion dollar industry and we're letting a bunch of water treatment people sell water treatment to our customers as plumbers. We're already in the home by invitation. You know, the the water treatment companies, they have to knock on doors and they have to uh, convince the homeowner to listen. The homeowner has called you the so professional technician into the home, because they have a problem they can't solve, they're looking to you as the expert. They're looking to ask, you know, okay, you have the knowledge and the experience. What can I do to make my house better right now? How can I fix this problem? Oh, yes, I am interested in how what caused it. Oh, that's interesting. How can I prevent it? And you have a solution for them. That's your job.
2: That rings so true curry and i'm glad you brought that point up you know these these are our customers these are the like you said we are invited into the home and your typical water treatment company which if you're listening hey you know you're you're part of the home services industry too but you have a harder um a harder sell there because you have to you have to cause a need in the customer's mind first before you get invited in whereas Plumbing typically does that for plumbers in and of itself, you know, something breaks or something isn't working or the hot water isn't coming or whatever. And so the plumbers get naturally invited in, but, uh, it, it, it makes so much sense that while I'm already in the home, let's talk about the reason that I'm out here, which is probably a derivative of your water quality to begin with. Well,
3: right. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I think that again, we were talking about routines and habits and whatnot, Um, and if you have a true professional, they're always looking for a little nugget to improve what they do. I mean, we, you know, we just finished, well actually today. So we just finished our first sales contest. I know you guys do sales contests all the time, correct? Absolutely. And, and when you do a sales contest, the guys step it up. Always. Well, some Always. guys. They, yeah, <laughs> not yeah. Brian. But the true professional wants to compete with his peers. The true professional wants to enhance their skills and knowledge. And the true professional makes a healthy living. And so when you look at what drives the technicians, it's equal parts, whether they admit it or not. It's equal parts self-fulfillment, doing what's right, and, and walking away being proud of the job they did. And it's financial. I want to be paid a fair wage uh, for what I do. And if I do more, I want to make more. That's just, that just makes sense to me. you know. And then when you're looking at that, that's all the foundation. Now you have to make sure that you're giving them equipment and, and processes and policies and, and calls and everything to support what they need while they're at that house.
2: All right, Curry. We've had uh, an incredible amount of information in a short amount of time here already. And uh, we are kind of coming up against it a little bit. So I want to bring us in for a landing. But there's a few more questions I have for you. And one of those focuses on being a professional. So I think so much of being a professional is a belief in what you do and what you offer. And that's not only just in your services, but also in the products that you stand behind. So what if, you know, what if we have some listeners out there who are just like, you know, I'm not really sure about this whole water conditioning thing. Uh, you know, some of it seems like kind of flash in the pan. Some of it seems like wizardry that probably doesn't work. You know, is this legitimate? I have a lot of doubts. I have a lot of uh, uncertainties about this. You know, wh- what do you say to them and where's a good place for them to start to kind of refocus that mind or at least, um, you know, revisit the idea and see if it rings true?
3: So, uh, well, well, there's actually two two different ways here. One about water treatment and water quality as a topic, right? And so there's a a website, and it's it's uh, called EWG. you am trying to find it here. Um, and it it you can type in your zip code, and it'll tell you what's in your water. Hmm. Um, you know, and, and it, we're talking about municipalities, right? But but different municipalities have different things in their water. Um, you know, if we're talking about specific products, we've designed our website, honestwaterfilter.com, to be very, very intuitive. Uh, and Brian, you guys would be amazed at the traffic that we get on our website. We get customer inquiries, dealer inquiries uh, through our website because it's designed to be a resource. So, you know, you can actually go on our page, uh there's a certifications tab. You can see all of our certifications and you can appreciate that these are certifications that are on performance, not just structural integrity or leaching or, you know, that kind of thing, that everything that touches potable water needs. Um, This will help to convince a lot of people that they want to buy our system and then they contact us and ask us, you know, where the nearest dealer is. Um, So when people have a doubt about um, water quality, water treatment, water conditioning, and then the products that do those things, everything's online. It, you just have to be able to find find it, right? Uh, we, we hope that we made it easy for people to find, but um, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, when, when, where you live matters. Uh, we deal primarily with municipal water because it's easy. We know what's in it. Every municipality publishes a, a report every year. Um, so we know what's in the water. So it makes the discussion a lot easier. Wells, and I, uh, you guys are pretty heavy in wells, aren't you?
2: Yeah, we have a, we have a pretty good uh, split as far as municipal versus wells, but that's constantly changing. I mean, the the municipalities here are certainly expanding and are making more and more water connections available.
3: Right, right. Yeah, and you know what's interesting? Think about this. The, ma- the majority of well users install water treatment, correct?
2: I think as a as a natural um, part of having a well, you're more prone to consider what's in your water because, I mean, anybody who's had a well or grown up in a well, there's a fair chance they've experienced like brown water or something like that that happened yeah. after a significant rainstorm. So I think it's a little bit more obvious and uh, top of mind for well owners.
1: Plus you have to get a bacteria yep. test when you buy, when you sell the house and like that. Plays into, plays into people's minds. It's pretty rare to see a house on a well without at least a UV light.
3: Uh, 100% agree. And so that's what that's what's interesting, right? People on municipal water, they don't think about the water quality. They assume, and right. we all know what happens when that happens, right? Yep. They assume that the water coming into their home is healthy and safe and okay to drink. And the reality is, I would prefer not to drink it. I would prefer not to bathe in it. And there are ways to address it. And they're fairly economical. They're not, you know, they're not uh, bank breaking by any means. And so when you start talking about um, the water quality issue, it's about education and reversing misinformation from decades and decades of, of bad stuff being out there.
2: All right, for the doubters then, so basically uh, that old crypto um, acronym, Brian, D-Y-O-R, do your own research, uh, that's, that's the emphasis there. Like if you're unsure or you're, you're not quite uh, on board with all this, do your own research and start looking around, especially find out what's in your local water. I think that's reason enough to just start wondering and, and questioning whether there's some solutions for that. And speaking of what is in your local water, um, the, the opioid endemic, uh, and, and narcotics and those types of things, um, have unfortunately been increasing in leaps and bounds in our country. And I wanted to ask your take on that as, you know, a, a lot of, um, a lot of drugs and a lot of that stuff does end up getting flushed down the toilet or washed down the drains and in municipal, um, situations, there's a fair amount of that that's going to get recycled do, do municipalities have the ability to filter out pharmaceuticals in the water or is that also one of those things that like, hey, you know, we've done a, a decent enough job but some of it's still going to get through and end up in the home?
3: So that's a great question. First, I want to throw a little, little caveat out there that this is a little more technical than I probably should get. But I will tell you this. Uh, yes, they do address that. Believe it or not, most most municipalities do an amazing job of what they're given and and what they produce Um, in order to get water that they have reclaimed right through the aquifer or deep water wells or what have you uh, in order to get that to meet EPA guidelines they have to go through a a lot of different processes and uh, there's a lot of carbon involved there's some reverse osmosis involved there's a lot of uh stuff happening so what we're more interested in is not so much what's happening in there, but yes, they'll remove you know the stuff that's bad. But when it gets into the distribution system, that's where we have a concern because they have no control over that. So to your point, if pharmaceuticals, herbicides, pesticides, any other sides <laughs> are in the are in the ground, they can and are seeping into the pipes. Those pipes are broken. They just don't know it. So when you have a boil water, do you get many of those up there?
1: Sure. Different municipalities, but we'll get them.
3: Okay. So that's when they know they broke a line, right? But what about all the lines that are broken that they don't know about? Right. Yeah. And that's the problem, right? And so... The municipality does a great job. The problem they have is what happens between the time they release the water and the time it arrives at your house. That's where the water picks up all this trash, all this crap, right? Um, Now, the municipality doesn't necessarily address minerals, so that's a whole other topic. But when we're talking about pollutants, you know the chemicals or the the physicals that get in there, the bacteria that grows in there, that may or may not be coming uh, a little bit more uh, resistant to the to the disinfectant. That's the that's what we have to address. We we figure it doesn't matter what happens before the water gets to the house. I'm going to install a system that's going to take care of that, so that when it goes into the house, it's completely healthy and safe, and it protects all my equipment.
2: Yeah. So at the end of the day, what it really comes down to is protecting your own house. I mean. Yes, you know, we have government agencies and we have all those types of things involved to attempt to make the water as good as it can be. But what it comes down to is, are you going to take care of you and your family and your home and your appliances and everything in the home? And so that's really where the emphasis of having your own water treatment, water conditioning in the house as a point of entry system and point of view systems uh, really takes root and has a lot of merit. A hundred
3: percent. And I love the way you said that. You know, at the end of the day, you're responsible for you. Right? You know, and so the homeowner is responsible for the safety and protection of their, the people and the property and, and, and the equipment and everything. They may not know it. And that's where the plumber and the HVAC, that's where the technician comes in. The technician has to be the bridge to that information.
1: Yeah, the uh, the uh, teller at the cash register at the grocery store isn't peeling your banana for you. So bring it back right, full circle, exactly. buddy. Yep, <laughs> and go. the there municipality exactly. is not, what they're not doing is, they're doing nothing about the miles of, of 30-year-old piping that that water has to go through before it gets to your home. Nothing is being done about that when it gets to your home, if you're on munis- you know, city water. And the disinfectant byproducts, DBPs, which are usually classified as like TTHMs, um, all the stuff that the chlorine kills that's in those pipes, it does nothing to remove them. So you have the the carcasses of dead bacteria and dead organics floating around. And these things are, and, you know, I don't like to talk about filter your water, it's going to kill you either. But these are classified carcinogens. These are classified as cancer-causing agents. Most of the time that you have a boil water notice isn't actually because of a broken water line. It's because the, they did a test and found that the TTHMs, the, what is it, touch, the uh, trihalo, uh, trihalomethanes, or the dead organics, the, the um, disinfectant byproducts, are too high. And when those disinfectant byproducts are too high, they want you to boil it out of there before you drink that water. But as we talk about here all the time, when we actually get boil water notices, how do we get them? We get them by mail. They mail them to us. So they found the the byproducts to be too high on Monday, and I got a letter. You know, I might not read all my mail when I get it on Wednesday. I probably read it Thursday (laughs) afternoon after, you know, we've been – at the very least, feeding the dog with with water that they found to be too high in these in these uh, byproducts. Yeah. So
3: yeah, that is that is so funny. But certainly, yeah, brushing you,
1: you know I'm brushing my four-year-old daughter's teeth with with this water. I'm not right. I'm not pouring bottled water over her toothbrush, and I don't know anybody who right. is. And you're not typically cooking. You're not just going you know 16 bottles of Dasani water into your pot to cook spaghetti or something. You're you're using tap water.
2: Fiji water for me. Yeah.
1: Right. Nate,
3: right.
2: Well, you know, you, <laughs> straight from Fiji. It's, it's actually a kegerator, yeah. but he has Fiji water. <laughs> I
3: like it. I like it. Well, you mentioned something that's interesting. So, uh, let's say that uh, the disinfectant does work, and it kills the bacteria that's in the water. Well, now that bacteria carcass comes in, and you're ingesting, cooking, whatever. And look, it's not that big a deal. I get it, right? But it's a little disgusting when you think about it. Well, there's a reason that our sub uh, submicron filter, well, one of them is at 0.2 of a, a micron. If you type in what how big uh, how many microns is a uh, is a bacteria or are bacteria, it's yes. going to tell you between 0.2 and 1
2: yes, micron. Right. Yep.
3: So, we purposely made our filter mesh a point two, so that even if the bacteria was dead, it wouldn't come in. It just doesn't fit, right? Now we're we're certified for for the four most common bacteria found in municipal water: Cryptosporidium, antomoeba, Toxoplasma, something else. Um, but if you go on Google and you look up how big are bacteria, it's going to tell you you know from point two to point whatever. And ours are a point, too. There's a reason, you know, and Brian, you said it. It's still kind of gross that, you know, that stuff could still be in the water, even if it kills it. Do, you know, take care of your house, right? It's your house. It's your responsibility. Take care of it. And it's up to the homeowner to want to do that. And it's up to the technician to provide them with the right information so they make the right choice.
2: Excellent, Curry. Well, this podcast has been full of the right information and the right choices, and we hope that you've been encouraged to do your own research and dig into this and take away some of these great key points that Curry has been presenting. Remember the three main focus points that he was talking about, which was physical, chemical, and mineral. And I think even starting right there in those three general categories can be helpful for a homeowner to understand the effects that water coming into their home can have on their appliances, their body, their house and everything else involved. So, thanks so much Curry. This has been excellent stuff and we appreciate you being on today. Before we let you go, we always like to ask, you know, what what uh, where people can find you, where people can learn more about these products or these solutions or anything involved.
3: Absolutely. So, our website is honestwaterfilter.com.
2: Great. <clears throat> Hey, so Curry, what are you?
1: As I said in the beginning, you're you're a guy I find very motivating, and have I've always uh, taken a lot from you. And I don't want this to be any different. So, (laughs) what are you? Thank you. What are you reading? What are you listening to? What are you? What are you? um, What would you give give to the technicians listening as something they can listen to more of? And I mean, obviously, they only have the Waste No Day podcast for an hour and a half a week, so.
2: I lot. mean, unless they listen to it on repeat, which
1: is recommended. What we recommend, yeah, absolutely. The doctor recommends. Well, what do you, what, are you listening so, to any other podcasts, audiobooks, reading anything uh, specific?
3: Okay, so yeah, um, the stuff that I read normally um, is about uh, leadership generally, um, and so uh, I, I actually. Um, I went through the Fanning Institute at the University of Georgia, uh, and I got a, a, a leadership uh, certificate with a guy named Larry Face, and um, he put up a, a book called Calling All Leaders. It's a very small-scale um, uh, book, but I found it very interesting because it's very direct, and it talks about uh, communication tips and um he uses experiences that he's had to prove certain uh, concepts. Uh, so that's really interesting. And then, um, I, am trying to open up. I want to make sure I, I say it right. Um, but there was a, there was a a book, an audio book I was reading, but I finished it and it was, it was about a, a basketball coach who was struggling and, uh, um, he became friends with a uh, the janitor at the school and there was some wisdom exchange and whatnot. And it was a really interesting book. Chris Adams, our uh, vice president of sales, introduced me to it. And I, I can't, my iPad's not in the room and I can't remember the name of it now, I apologize. <laughs> it's
2: fine. Curry. Um, I think you have an interesting story and uh, we'd like to invite you back on at another time to kind of dive into the leadership side of things. You touched on it here and there. Um, in throughout your, your presentation here and even all the coaching that you've done over the years. And I think there's so much more to be gained from there. So we'll invite you back for that. But to kind of uh, take us out here on this episode, give us kind of like your general philosophy on leadership and, and maybe a, a motivational 30-second quote to or, or a speech to kind of uh, get us amped up for the week.
3: Okay. Well, um, when I approach leadership, I do it in a very simple, fundamental way uh you have to walk the walk period um and so for me uh leadership is about behavior uh, it's about uh doing what's right um i've always lived by the motto imagine that you're being videotaped at all times and if you are going to make a decision and later on review that decision uh you know on video in front of your, you know, your mother, your wife, your, your boss, or whoever, is everybody going to be okay with it, you know? Um, and, uh, communication you know, with, with leaders, with homeowners, with spouses, what have you. Uh, I believe being direct is, is good. Uh, I believe being transparent is good. Um, I learned a very long time ago to not BS. um, just, just give people the information. You know, you know how I learned it. Uh, not to be demotivated, but um, I learned to talk direct when I had to give death notifications when I was a sergeant in the, in law enforcement. Mm, you yeah. learn to speak very directly when you have to deliver that news, and I've found it to be a real benefit, not only in training but in leadership. And so, you know, for me, I have a thing in my office uh, where I told you about it. it is it possible? Uh, You know, if I were to ask you any question and say, hey, is it possible? The answer is always yes. And I love that because I love that the answer is always yes. You know, at the end of the day, when you bring up something, when you talk to someone, the worst thing that can happen is they say no. That's the worst thing that can happen. And if that's the worst thing that happens to you in a day, you had a really good day. Would you agree?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
3: So my, 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 my advice is, uh, have the courage to try something different, try something new, expand what you're doing, um, take yourself out of your comfort zone and your bank account will grow.
2: Those are good words to close on Curry. We've really appreciated you having on this, having you on the show today. And we're grateful for not only your expertise, but, uh, the words that you've spoken into our lives here at uh, the Waste a Day podcast before we even existed. Yeah, over the years. Over but. the years and uh, on today especially. So thanks so much for joining us.
3: Well, I've really enjoyed it. You guys, you know, I've always uh, uh, had a special place in my heart for you guys up there. I even came up there and did a training on the weekend just because I liked it so much.
1: And he did <laughs> <laughs> at the, uh, what was it, yeah. the Eden Resort? Uh, the yeah, four it was. Seasons. Yeah, four so Seasons,
3: yeah, the Four yeah. Seasons. Yeah. Yeah, some function hall. Um, no, I, I've always appreciated um, uh, you guys a lot. Um, I, I think that you're part of a team there that does things the right way, which is really nice. And uh, it, it's it, I'm always uh, a little bit humbled when uh, I, I get to hang out with you guys, uh, get to talk to you guys, get to do business with you guys, because I know that you're doing it at the highest level. So thanks for having me.
1: We appreciate the kind words, Curry, and uh, well, before we let you go, definitely after we shut down here, we'll uh, book the next episode where we can certainly get more into your story, and then let's talk.
2: Let's talk some leadership.
3: That would be awesome.
2: All right, thanks, Curry. Enjoy the rest of your day. All
3: right, guys, have a safe day.
2: Hey, that wraps it up for this episode of the Waste No Day podcast with Curry. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Um, I know it's a little bit technical sometimes, and if you're not a plumber, you're not interested in it, maybe. Uh, But if you are a human and you drink water, you're interested from that angle. And so I think it was important to hear what he had to say specific to what is in your water. And that's something that we want to keep looking at as we develop into the new year. It's something that we want to uh, understand more so that we can help our homeowners realize what they're drinking and what is going into their home as far as affecting not only their bodies, but their house as well. As we wrap it up here at the Waste No Day podcast, we want to wish you a very Merry Christmas, and we thank you so much for choosing to listen to our episodes every single week. With that, we ask that you continue to challenge yourself as well and to choose to wake up each morning and waste no day.